The F and Red Snowboard Podcast is presented by Vans. Oh yeah, I wanted to be absolutely not attractive to snowboarders. Maybe we need an injection of that, because it'd be interesting. And I didn't sign the contract, I just had it in my bag for a couple of months. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, that's just banging, let her run. We pushed each other to become better. Front three tailed it. Season 5 of the F and Rad Snowboard Podcast is sponsored by Wired Snowboards, The Boardroom Snowboard Shop, Anon Optics, Crow's Nest Barbershops, Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C., and the three local mountains here in Vancouver, Mount Seymour, Grouse, and Cypress Mountain. Crow's Nest Barbershops have seven locations between Toronto, Collingwood, Hamilton, Ottawa, Vancouver, and Hawaii. I need a haircut and a beard trim, so I'll be heading to Crow's Nest Barbershop on Commercial Drive very soon. Crow's Nest is stoked to be a part of Van's Maker Series project. You can check out the shoes that they designed at crowsnestbarbershop.com. And if you live in or are visiting a city with a Crow's Nest Barbershop, pop in and get a haircut or buy the products you need to make your hair look good or some t-shirts or some sweatshirts designed by the Crow's Nest guys. You can book an appointment for any location at crowsnestbarbershop.com. Hey listeners, I'm back in Vancouver after traveling to Lake Tahoe and Utah and I'm happy to report that I rode POW and talked to tons of rad snowboarders. And thankfully it snowed here in Vancouver while I was away and the mountains are opening more terrain every day. And this week's guest is full-blown legend from Switzerland, Nicholas Mueller. He's won Rider of the Year for both Transworld and Snowboarder magazines and his style of riding makes him a frequent mention in our guest's favorite riders of all time lists. I tracked him down at the Whistler premiere of the absinthe movie Isle of Snow and recorded this interview with him at his Whistler hotel room. So you grew up in, we don't have to do like the whole life story thing because this is just, you know, two snowboarders talking, one who's one of the best in the world and then a bit of a kook one. <laughs> uh, come on, don't don't sell yourself short. <laughs> I, I don't think that I can think of anyone else right now that is so many people's favorite snowboarder because the way you ride is the way that if you're if you care about snowboarding that's the way you would want to ride like creatively and then being really really good (laughs) yeah i mean it's um kind of what i wanted to to show with fruition you know that there is no competition if you really just do what you love to do because we're all very special. We're all super special. And every single one of us, you know, um, is different. So there is there is no competition, really, you know, if you, like, if you want the best for your friends. Right. But for some reason, there is so much competition in our world that it's hard to break out of that mindset almost where you, like, you're like, oh, this person has this and that, and like, oh, and where am I in this? And like, oh, so you're like, oh, so you're doing, you're doing good, huh? good for you. It's like, gosh, you know, it's like that. There, there would be no need for that because everybody is different. But then, hey, only one person can win the Olympics. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's it's changing. I was just talking with Jody Wachniak, who's got another podcast, and he was like, "What do you think about us having like the same guests?" And I was like, "It's great. 
because we want to have good guests, right? Like, I hope you have great guests and I want to have great guests. And he's like, yeah, it's not a competition. I was like, no, it's not a competition anymore. When it was trans world versus snowboarder, competition. When it was film crews against film crews, it was kind of a competition, sort of. Like, oh, you know, we've got these guys on this crew or please film with us, don't film with those guys or whatever. But that's because it was like a money-making thing. The podcast thing, I mean, I'm making a bit of money from it now. Not enough to like quit my job. But the, I was never into it for the money. Like, because now we're in a different time. Everybody's different. And more is more information out there or more like audio for me to listen to in my ears is better. Mm-hmm. Like, I want Jody to make more. Yeah. And I want him to have a conversation with a guy I talk to and find out the Jody thing about that guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because you and I were talking about, you know, um, medicinal medicinal mushrooms and i can't talk on a level of a snowboarder who's sponsored right now like he's he's at the top of his game right like and he's filming in a crew so you guys are going to have different things to talk about and i want to hear about those things too but i'm not going to ask you about them because i'm not i can't relate at this point you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i i'm really excited about your company mama loha it's called yeah, and I heard you talk about it on on Matt Barr's podcast. Same, it's like yeah. I'm I'm ready for more of that. It was cool to hear you talk. I just told you that um, after listening to that one, I went out. I bought hemp seeds, a bunch actually. Nice. I, yeah, I went. I went the through more the better. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, seriously, it's they're so good. It's it's what our bodies are made of. That's and, what convinced me. And mm-hmm. then I tasted them. I like the taste of them. I got creative with how to prepare them, and I find it very satisfying to eat them. Yeah, and I'm finding that they're actually helping me get rid of cravings for like really crappy mm. food, which I've had my whole life. Yeah. So thank you for that, first of all, right off the bat. That's oh, fucking cool. Like my pleasure. That's actually that. That's the joy in something. I'm not like making up something to for me to sell me and be good like you know right. come across like right. what um it just it's literally some things are just what they are and if we look at the way we grow food humans on a global scale it's just absurd it's like, absurd like talking about the elements earlier too at the absinthe show you know and justin was like hey talk about what you do besides snowboarding now and you you have a, a hemp food label in Switzerland and and and, and whatnot and talk, let's talk about the plant and like okay let's talk about the plant you know I love that that's the right thing to do T- speaking you know what and as soon as you mentioned Switzerland I w- I want to talk about this because <laughs> when I think of Swiss snowboarding I've got three names that come to my mind first. And one of them is, not, they're none are you. It's because I'm from a different era, you know what I mean? I think Harry Guns, Paul Gruber, who's the European Craig Kelly. So I'm sure there's people that don't know who Paul Gruber is. Look him up. He's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. And Reto Lamb. Like, yeah. holy shit. Those guys, like, were some of the first Europeans to be featured in freestyle magazines 
doing legitimate shit with good style like you know back when people would say oh yeah it's like euro style with like crazy angles and like hard boots no those guys were like pioneers oh, over yeah. there you know For did sure. you do you know any of those guys yeah i mean i know reto yeah uh, he um, ran a shop For sure he um, ran a shop over there yeah yeah also i mean he's uh he's a man he's uh many talents and hell yeah involved a lot of things but uh Fire and Ice, you know, Fire still and there ice, with uh, Bogner, and yeah. that was now actually talking about it. It was so influential to me because it was at the time where I like just discovered snowboarding, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And I literally go with my dad to the movies to see Fire, the Fire and Ice movie, and, and they're like skiing down the glaciers, like synchromatic, you yeah, know, figure yeah, eights and yeah. fireworks. Yeah. But then there would be this scene where Ray Talam, you know, there was a snowboard contest and he would like make twisted and win the trophy and then he got the the hot girl, you know, the, yeah. the beautiful woman. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, <laughs> That's bring, amazing. Bring it on, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so you saw that when you were a kid and I can't even imagine what it would have been like to have the kind of success you've had in snowboarding you know, riding for the biggest companies, the biggest companies, and being, you know, flown around the world and all that kind of thing. Like, wh when did it start for you? Like, did you have to graduate high school first before you could start to travel internationally? Or was it, like, as a high school student, were you already taking time off to fly around? And I started competing around, like, 14, maybe. That's high school. I'm not too familiar about the system over here but oh, oh, it oh. was about the time where um you kind of decide to go make an apprenticeship or you yep. go the academic way kind of thing yeah i kind of started to compete a little bit before that but that's when it kind of like when that question was right there okay this is now i was qualified for the isf world cup you know wow. the world tour and I was yeah. like I'm gonna give that a shot at the same time I had a little bit of sponsors I just got on to Burton a little bit later from Palmer actually it was my first sponsor oh my Palmer god Star I forgot Wars. that Palmer was yeah, it was really rad yeah cause was pa a, Palmer was um where were they made they were actually made in Switzerland yeah they yeah. had their own yeah, factory and exactly. it was sick yeah and there was some guys out of Glarus which is kind of halfway from uh, Zurich to locks sort of thing. So did you get to go by the factory and see like boards getting made and? Um, yeah, I actually never really went to the factory, but definitely the the headquarter where they would, um, you know, do all the marketing. Yeah, and make all and, the plans. And, yeah, and, and Sean Palmer would get there like once or twice a year. He's crazy cool, hey. Yeah, it's it's cool to meet him. I, yeah. Uh, it's just kind of a glacier. I didn't really speak that much English at the time. I was just a kid, you know, shredding. But yeah, um, but you were riding for Palmer at that time, so yeah, like, it was like it was crazy. That's sick. That's sick. what board would you ride with those guys? Like the Channel or something like that, or the the Power Circle, the yeah. Circle One with the Circle Carbon or something. <laughs> the, the Channel was one of the boards, but then yeah. the Honeycomb came out. Oh, those Honeycombs so were that was light. like light. And yeah, yeah. It's kind of my style and yeah. I remember breaking one on, on a hand plant. <laughs> uh, it was actually a pretty good board. Uh, yeah. Not, 
Well, I mean, they were progressive. Like you say, they were super light. Mm-hmm. But there was so many eagles and American flags and everything all over them. They didn't sell that yeah. good in Canada because it was just like, yeah. you know, yeah, in, in Canada it's hard to hard to sell somebody Canadian a, an American flag board. Yeah. It just yeah. was. Yeah. It not just because it's so patriotic, you know? I'm sure they sold like crazy in the States. Yeah. But so you get on Burton after you've competed on the World Cup a, a little bit? Um, just kind of like my first good results, and then I got on Burton. But then pretty soon the ISF kind of died, you know. That ISF was sick. Was yeah. Okay, there's a couple of other guys that I'm not positive if they're Swiss or not. Camille Bruchet and Bertrand, Bertie? Yeah, for they're, sure. They both yeah. are, yeah? Yeah. Camille was, when he broke out as a freestyler mm-hmm. there he was probably the best in the world like there was yeah, it's nobody actually that good terry kind of told me really yeah at some yeah point, like being swiss he's like dude so come here like yeah he's the best come he was like shit. And, yeah. it, it, his style was fucking so good dude <laughs> i yeah i met those guys at i was a camper at tim wendell's when Not they right. came over and i remember reto put like a condom over his head and then like inflated it with his nose and it was like <laughs> yeah. you know like expanding and I'm like those guys are fucking crazy <laughs> and I got my first like board like uh, <laughs> listeners of the show will know I bought a board from Rayto and then I went home and told all my friends I was sponsored by Radical Airline. <laughs> nice. Because what are they going to do? Call Switzerland? They're not. Like, yeah. nobody could tell, yeah. you know? <laughs> but then when it broke, right. I called Switzerland from the magazine and said, Hey, uh, Reto sent me up with a board. Hey, I'm on the Canadian team. And, like, I broke it. Can you send me another one? And they did. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> And then, cool. Yeah, but, Ra- but Ra- that, yeah, rad, rad, radical, unbelievable. And then I met Harry. Harry Guns came over, and <laughs> and uh, we rode together here in Whistler with Paul as well, Paul Gruber, and those guys ripped, man. And uh, yeah, and that started me on an actual sponsorship, like where oh, I cool. started getting boards and helping <laughs> design stuff. That was super fun, man. There you go. Yeah, it was. It's a different time, man. It was, uh, you didn't have to be that good to convince people that you could get boards for free. That's <laughs> uh, all about the attitude. Yeah, you have such a positive attitude. Have you always had that, or were you, um, you know, like a high strung kid? Like, or when you were in your teenage years, were you like very competitive, or, or have you always just been this chill, cool? fucking dude um well I don't know I've, if I talk about myself like that it's <laughs> I just find myself like you know if I really love to do something I just kind of forget about time you know and just do it and I think it's maybe a thing that uh, one of my aunts she always quotes that I would try to like show her a kickflip and it didn't work and I was like I just wanted to show her, you know, so I like I was like kept trying it for two more hours in the driveway until I like went to her like, Okay, now I'm ready and I did it, you know. That's amazing. and like she keeps saying that story and, Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, and 
so then now I'm snowboarding and one led to another uh, another thing have you always been having fun has it always been fun for you the whole time the whole way through for sure it looks fun up and downs like maybe like less or more but then really like the reality check you know maybe something happened like minor injury or this and that it's like dude what do you want like okay you want to shred okay dude (laughs) just really just show shredding you know yeah yeah, uh, might as well. And if yeah. not, then do something else. But like, no, I want to shred. Okay, then go shred. <laughs> yeah. Was it difficult when you were getting paid like crazy amounts of money? Like when I talked to Devin, he said, right after signing the big forum contract, the the one where there was real money there, you know, he went out and he had a bad couple of weeks where he's like, shit, I, what what if I can't do this anymore? You mm-hmm. know, like it's yeah. scary. Did you have any of that at any point or? Was the money just sort of secondary to the whole thing? Um, well, it was, it's it's funny because um, my mom, you know, it's like growing up with her, like she always went kind of, she went very esoteric at some point, you know, and, but this already I was kind of traveling and doing my thing, but I come home and like listen to her, like to one of the latest things she read in the book and she's always like, oh, yeah. You know, you can do whatever you want. You just have to believe it, and and things like that. You know, yeah. and so um, yeah, I just kind of went and did it. You know, that's so sick, dude. So it was, yeah, for you, it wasn't about the money so much as like, okay, I'm at this level and I'm doing these things, so I probably should have this level of sponsorship kind of thing yeah it there was people showing it you know that it was possible to have a career and mm-hmm. and then okay what do you want and i was just like well yeah it would, uh, like, oh, it would be awesome to have this as you know your job and career whatever and and like i want to make enough money so i can go to the organic store and not worry about like how much everything costs you know and it's literally what happened and I'm like, wow, at some point, like, it's actually happening, you know, I'm, like, signing a good contract. I was like, oh, I never want to be, like, too much in the spotlight, you know, and, like, maybe that's why I never became, you know, whatever. What Olympic are you champion talking this about? And that. No, and, you became and, that, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, like, you know, that much money, but it's enough money to just, like, I don't worry about it, you know, right, on, a, right. on a daily basis. right. And, uh, I mean, you can go down the rabbit hole and there's always more and like, oh my God. And definitely made some, you know, poor decisions too and some investments, but right now I did other investments at home being part of the Swiss Ham Food um, label. Rad. uh, Where I just actually bought a a hemp hauling machine. Cool. Kind of. Yeah. So we could have shelled hemp nuts because that's not existing in switzerland yet and that's amazing so so, you know i can still afford to do that yeah but the other thing i was gonna say like why i never maybe wanted to be too much in that because then you're like oh it just kind of feels out of balance you know and i think it should be fair you know to if you were actually fair is the word if you for yourself like hey let's be fair the universe is then 
can be, you know, what you give is what you can take, you know. Right. When you take, you got kind of give, and then fair is fair. So it's like, I'm doing this, I'm committed to that, and yeah, I want to go to the organic store and not worry about, like, how much each thing it is. It's, it's like, it feels like the thing I need to eat because my body craves it, and it's literally the best quality nowadays. Yeah. Like, you seek that little organic store, that the fresh produce, of course, but then also all the other stuff, you know? Yeah. I want to just go nuts in that store. And they're right. expensive. That's the yeah, thing, is yeah. that those stores can be very expensive. So, yeah, I kind of defined that, and it it just kind of happened, you know? That's really cool. How and how long ago was it that you started to get into the organic side of things? Like healthy eating and medicinal mushrooms, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, my mom got, kind of got into that. And when I was a teenager and then, you know, when I had my first apartment, you were just like, but you're young too, you don't feel it that much. But like now looking back, it's like, it's actually incredible that the human body, what it can do. Oh, yeah. Like, and you literally eat crap. And it's just day after day. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you know. I watch my kid. That's scary. Yeah. And then you, it maybe catches up with you a little bit. You get older, and then it makes more sense, and you have yeah. to look more. And then, but also, then you want to look more, and it's just like no. And for me, I've now thirty-seven years old, and I want. I'm just so stoked and blessed that the winter is coming, and I have my, you know, my sponsors and my products that I, you know, I got to design and behind it, you know, and they. They're just there. If you want them, hey, they can help you to be the best yourself, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Out yeah, there, like, yeah. experiencing gravity, going down a mountain sideways, you know? And I'm going to I'm gonna do that. And you need your body for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, should we start talking about hemp? <laughs> you know? Let's please. Well, like, here's the thing about the... I think anyone who listens to the show can think back to a time when they were eating just garbage. You know what I mean? But their body was like putting up with it and just like saying, okay, you know? I mean, once you get to my age, like I'm almost 50 now, man, like 47 or 46, I forget. I need more hemp. (laughs) Yeah. I, I like, I feel all those bad decisions I made and I just, okay, so got into the Mount Baker Bank slalom. That was sometime in October, early October. So I realized, okay, I'm going to train. I'm not going to train half-assed. Like, I want to do it properly. So the first thing I did was I started a stretching routine. But then there's no point in doing stretching if you're eating garbage food. Yeah. So we're like three weeks into me eating healthier, stretching every single day. And then I'm exercising a little bit more. And I'm going to exercise a lot more, you know, I'm going to ramp it up to where, you know, (laughs) February 7th, I'm ready to race. And I find it's so motivating for me that when I'm looking at some garbage or some beer or something, I don't even think about it anymore because I'm like, oh, after, after the bank slalom, I can let loose a little, but I'm not even looking forward to it. I want to stay on top of it like this because it feels that much better 
Yeah. Your brain is clearer. Your body feels better. You have better sleeps. It's like a no-brainer. I think yeah, totally. you've got a great mentor because you and Terry are, are close friends and have been for a long time. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, almost like, you know, I don't know, maybe like, you know, certain souls even, you know, yeah. <laughs> past lives and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but for, yeah, for some people, it's like, yeah, of course the time you spend together, but then also like, oh, like, good soul, like. Yeah, uh, and he's a, and gr- a great and, um, example of healthy eating because yeah. he's been stretching since he was a kid and he's been taking care of his body. He said on the show that he doesn't take painkillers when he gets hurt because then if you numb the pain in your body, how will your body know what to heal? Yeah. That's brilliant. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think... Totally. It was uh, DCP was talking about earlier too, you know, that... Yeah. About, pop, like, popping painkillers in Advil and all that. And there's other ways around that. And Yeah, oh. I... And I hear you what you said before, you know, about the food. And um, actually, Terry, in fruition, you also had, like, um, talking about the food, you know, that uh, kind of training is overrated and food is uh, underrated. That makes total sense. Kind of, and it, it does make sense. I mean, let's let's face it, like, for example, like, hydroponics or, like, uh, greenhouses like vegetables and that stuff it grows on cotton it's like this artificial fertilizer there's no no more of those elements that we're made of you know and right those are hydrogen oxygen and carbon which trees plants animals we are made out of these elements and let's picture a tree that would consume something that's not made out of like trees animals sense. they all consume so- only what they're made of only the human consumes something else. He creates like zombie foods, like artificial this and that, and lab, and like literally like pumping animals full with like hormones and this and that, and like feeding them GMO soy. And like, this, these are zombies, and literally we eat that, you know? It's so weird. Um, yeah. It's I, I, like, seriously, I, I, sometimes I like. It's crazy because the the more you you know, it's like let's leave it at that though. So we we said that the stuff we grow, it's energy, right? So even if it's grown on a soil, you know, the soils are stripped. You picture growing soya doesn't replenish the soil at all. Zero. Yeah, where there should be rainforest, so it's burned down to grow <sighs> soy for cattle. Switzerland is a very small country. They import 300,000 tons of soy every year. UK, 1.8 billion. 80% of that is for cattle and the rest is for humans, for the vegans, right? Right. Um, one round of soy, soil, uh, soya, the soil is completely dead. Toast. Then you grow it again and again and again. So that means... All these crops that grow in artificial artif- uh, uh, fertilizer are actually a lot of energy. So people eat it and they grow tall and big and because it's energy. But there's no nutrition in it because it doesn't have carbon. Because we don't grow food that takes the carbon, puts it into the ground, and grows from carbon that was in the ground from the circle the year right. before to grow 
food that is full of oxygen, hydrogen, and mainly carbon, because that's what we're, we're lacking. Right. And that's why Mother Earth is sick, and we're getting sick for one reason. Agreed. And yeah. then we can talk about other stuff, too. Well, <laughs> when you mentioned the soil, like a couple of years ago was the first time I was introduced to permaculture. Now, permaculture is very different from the tilling of, like, commercial food growing that you see, that I've seen my whole life growing up in uh, in Aurelia, Ontario. There, there's crops all, there's like a fertile valley, right? Yeah. And so there's, you go and there's rows and rows of greenhouses and there's rows and rows of these crops that are in perfect rows. But then after the harvest for the fall and all in the spring those are dust bowls like it's just dust exactly and so they have to add something to it like fertilizers water they have to add a lot of water to keep the dust from blowing all over the place and i never thought about it before but permaculture just means you've planted complementary plants that you know when the apple tree when the fruit falls some of the fruit rots and and makes the soil that much more rich for the berries that are growing in the shade of the tree exactly and, and the it's just so it's such a different way of thinking about life yeah. that like a uh, somebody's one like you know their their yard could make enough food for I forget what it was, but I think they were saying maybe seven people or something, and I was like, "For sure, exactly. holy shit! You could yeah. grow enough food for your family and your neighbors yeah. in your yard by planting plants wisely, and probably hemp would would oh, work in there totally." I was right? just gonna say that, and the farmers know, and we used to cultivate hemp for, you know, thousands Everything. of years. Yeah, and. It got demonized, you know, and in in the 1930s, and since then we forgot about that. And what I was gonna say, the farmers know is that you have hemp in your rotation. Yeah, you have the best soil. So every year you you grow a couple acres of hemp, which the next day, next year you rotate, and whenever the hemp grew is really carbon-rich soil. Cool. Because no plant, besides a hundred-year-old plus tree, um, absorbs as efficient carbon into the ground rad so there we go yeah. and it with, with making the the soil fertile again it brings back the groundwater as well so it's actually that's important really important and um talking about mother earth you know being out of balance and climate change whatever you want to call it is mainly also because of deforestation and the rat tail from deforestation of the the groundwater, you know, going down, and the soil completely dying, not being nutrient anymore, and the sources dying as well. Natural water sources. Right. They need the groundwater. So the water gets pushed up, up and comes out of the, the ground, literally. How do you learn all this stuff? Like, how do you and know this stuff? From reading books, from listening to podcasts? What What's the... Yeah, I mean, some things I pick up... in. You know, in organic stores or then certain social media, I think. And I don't, like, constantly read, but sometimes I read something and then, you know, 
I don't know if some people are familiar with Dr. Sebi, for example, you know? I'm not. Um, he was uh, a guy from Brooklyn, uh, Afro-American, that healed all these people. And there's YouTube videos, you know? But you show some people and they're like, oh, stop, this is like, whack, YouTube, this is conspiracy shit. Like, no, this is not conspiracy shit. Like, just look at it. And yeah, maybe it's not a 10 million Red Bull production, and that's why it's maybe <sighs> the edit is with some real footage from right. then. It's just like, you gotta filter that shit, and it's about the thing. And when he actually, the one that I'm literally just quoting in, yeah. like, he breaks it down so easy, and he was healing people in the 90s from cool. all kinds of illnesses, and not and not saying, like, don't go to the doctor. They still went to the doctor. But the doctor always giving you is all these, like, um, uh, symptom things to fight the symptom and this and that. But it's never the healing thing. So what he was doing with his patient, basically feeding them superfood. Right. Like hemp and herbs and roots. And yeah. just take this, 10 of them every day. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Three weeks later, they went to the normal doctor and they're like, your AIDS is gone. This is not possible. You know? Right, right. And if your body is really fed what it's made of, you don't have to be afraid of these illnesses. But the food literally is poison, yeah. most of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then talk, let's talk about water. So Dr. Sebi is one to for sure just just look it up and if you don't believe in it it's like I mean you watch like Hollywood movies so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I mean that fucking it's <laughs> a waste of time you know it's funny great but like I mean nothing against Hollywood but you know what I, mean? I understand what it, you're it, saying yeah. then might as well uh, check that stuff out because that's real life shit yeah and you know so Dr. Sebi oxygen hydrogen and carbon trees humans animals like just let that sit, sit you know <laughs> yeah. look at what you eat again and then another uh, person amazing uh, Victor Schauberger like I'm reading this his book now uh, Das Wesen des Wassers which is the 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 spirit of water the, cool. be, the being of water right and um, Victor Schauberger in short he grew up in Austria he uh, was born in 1880 something I think and then lived till the 1960 something I think um, as a forester from a forester dad and he just wanted to do that and very cool um, you know at the time where they wanted people to go that academic way but he went into his forest and he studied this creek the stream and he started to realize so much thing like basically water and he wrote many books about it and it's probably like the most interesting thing I've ever read or thought about and Rad. I mean we are how much you know about this water like, like 80% 80% yeah. so think about it and yeah from free energy and water to why the water how it comes out of our tap literally is killing us you know because it is dead it's maybe you can filter it whatever but it's not energized and since everything at the end is a vibration you know 
there's, is there's literally so much in the water and when a, a natural stream flowing meandering around the rocks friction and te- temperature difference you know with shade and sun it creates this energy actually that is energy of life and the way we we channel our rivers we make dams we put turbines that kill the, this energy even more that that is also the reason why the sources that I'm talking about water source yeah springs you know the, the word that you see on mineral waters right you know what I mean yeah that's how we should drink but we're not anymore and with all these dams it's like there's fear they are swinding it's fear too right so yeah. like I mean I, I might you know sound a little crazy but zero I, the, uh, to me is, i can just to me you sound so, zero crazy um, yeah i can just highly suggest it yeah it's what's the name really of the water spirit of water um victor schauberger yeah yeah das wesen des wassers and you also wrote the other book uh, our senseless doing our senseless doing because we ignore the laws of nature which oh, literally yeah. like the implosion which that's the energy that we should use because mm. instead we're uh, we're using explosion you know we explosion are doing somewhere for some in, company yeah, yeah, that yeah. sells something that's not good for i mean it, uh, generalizing let's say you know, yeah no not, I not agree everybody with you. to then be able to pay the rent and with the rest we pay the fuel that we put in our car and explode yeah yeah and it's just more stinky and it's <laughs> we have to fill it up every time yeah and to buy the oil, to heat our homes, you know, to heat our tap water, it's, to shower. It's. I was going to say, it's. It, there's a lot of fear because in, Nate, like, here are some places where I bumped into it, which is ridiculous. So fear of fermented foods, right? Like, so if you take cabbage, it's a very plentiful, easy food to grow. You put a little bit of salt and you can tear it with your hands or you can chop it and then you have to squish it with your hands but the fact that that you only have to squish it for a little bit and it starts to turn into sauerkraut like so now you can just leave it in the open air for a few days and it turns into something that's so nutrient rich it's insane but the first few times I did it I was really afraid. I looked, oh no, there's some mold on it. I threw it out. Okay, it sucks. Then I went to the farmer's market and said to the guy, how do I keep the mold from happening? He goes, oh, well, if mold grows on it, you just you just wipe that off and use all the stuff underneath because that's mm-hmm. still good. And I was like, maybe this guy's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I've never heard of some food where you can do yeah, that like yeah, i'm afraid yeah, yeah, of everything yeah, yeah. but once i stop being afraid mm. man i make sauerkraut all the time it takes three days to turn three dollars worth of cabbage mm. into, and a little yeah, tiny yeah, bit of so. salt into this like into jars and jars of amazing sauerkraut and then for kombucha same thing you just take a kombucha that's live like gt's kombucha you add it to tea and now you have way more kombucha and you can add more tea to that, and you have way more kombucha. It just keeps going forever. You don't have to pay five bucks 
every time you want a jar of kombucha, you just, you can make your own stuff. But while I'm doing it, even my wife is like, is that safe? You know? Yeah, it's safe. It's totally safe. What's not safe is putting your water through a chlorine filter so that there's chlorine in it and it's completely dead and void of life. But I've never (laughs) switched over to someone on a podcast was talking about like, hey, you know, you can just drink water from a stream because it's alive. It's good. And I'm scared of that one. I think you might get sick from that. Like, I'm still wicked scared of that. Like, I th- aren't streams polluted or don't? Isn't yeah, I mean, you you kind of, if if there's something above, especially, <laughs> I mean, something, let's call anything that's involved with humans. Yeah. Then maybe not, you well, know. We're in trouble, but right. But then, actually, because that that power, that free energy that is in the water, mm-hmm. that actually the fish, you know, yeah. use the fish the way they jump up the river it's oh, yeah. not muscle it's they they actually tap into this implosion energy that's amazing yeah it's kind of when you have water you know flowing down you have an upstream kind of yeah especially when there's a temperature different you have an anti movement that's amazing water, and the fish tap into that you know and you you can harvest that and and you have that over a long distance again, like rubbing on rocks and stuff. There is a certain um, electricity, almost. Cool. Know, energy. Yeah. And that energy um, prevents from sediment and particles to come along, you know. Yeah. So you have, don't have to be afraid of it being polluted. Right. right. I've drank lake water and I've drank river water before, but... It but. has to be like meandering and stuff. I'm literally like talking, hiking in the mountains and you look up and there's just there's just nature above, you know, wilderness and rocks, you know. Maybe even above tree line, like, yeah. oh, you, like this is literally like your body will thank you for the next 10 years until you do that kind of thing again. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, even be, like just the thought of being in water, you know, like in a beautiful place that's undisturbed nature. When you get there and you go in, you feel rejuvenated, you feel fresh and you feel like optimistic. You know what I mean? There's no denying that five minutes in nature changes your brain chemistry. You feel different after. Yeah, you yeah. can't feel like as stressed. You, I can't. Yeah. It's so easy to do. It's so crazy how like two minutes of watching just like a bird, right? Today at work, my friend was talking about a bird, a famous bird in Vancouver. It's a crow that attacks a mailman. and But then the mailman becomes friends with this crow. And then he says, did you know at a certain place they've taught the crows to pick up all the garbage and then by giving them treats? And I'm like, yeah, crows aren't stupid. Like, we think things are so stupid that are actually really intelligent. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, they taught them to use, like, to to put quarters in a machine and select the nuts that they want to eat. I'm like, yeah, because they're not stupid. <laughs> like, any time you look at nature, like, we're so dumb as humans. <laughs> like, we, you, you, you mean good with that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. attitude, but... Well, and so do the people who straighten the river. 
They're like, we can control this and we can grow things at the side properly and we can put all of our stuff in a row so we can get more because we want more. We need more, more, more. But one of the best things that I've heard in the last two years is that they finally started to crack the code of the forest, which is the mycelium, which is the non-fruit bodies of the mushrooms, create a huge web underneath the soil that connects all the plants. And the plants negotiate with each other. Like, I'll give you some... I've got some carbon, but I need some iron. And the thing that's really incredible about this is that the parent trees, they share with everybody equally. So they don't they don't keep extra stuff for their children. They trade with their children just like everybody else. But if a tree over there is starting to die and could use something that they have, they'll the whole forest will send energy to that tree to save it to keep it alive. Yeah. And so and I think I might have said this on the show before, but Monsanto started to invest in investigating what is this mycelium because putting fertilizer into the soil is really inefficient if you can use mycelium to get better yields and i think that right away they found that this interconnectedness is the way to grow food and so it's as much as i hate the word monsanto they have such a global huge presence that if they shifted from fertilizers and and infertile ground to these beautiful networks of connected food, all the people that are sick right now that are just eating crap and not thinking about it, well, there's going to be a rising tide where we're going to have more smart people, more happy people, more content people, less bad drivers, less me, 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 less this, that, take for, you know, like everybody's so rude with the fucking phones now. It's yeah. crazy. But if we can get... Well, I canceled my cell phone contract. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like, I have all the apps. I yeah. just need to ask the Wi-Fi code and yeah. it's like difficult okay then i have like actually a prepaid number sure just for the sms code and like okay how about the prepaid how much of that is it is it costing you anywhere near what you were paying for your exactly is it it's a little literally two thousand plus a year Swiss francs i gave those companies yeah to now make even stronger even more towers right 5g are you kidding me 5g is insane it's the worst idea ever it's scary. It's stupid. It's a it's a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a military yeah. weapon. Sure. And that's one way to look at it. It's a big one. And it's, if it's, you deny yeah. that, you have no idea about technology. Right. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's scary, dude. That's a big thing to say. And, but it's like And I'll say another thing, I can gladly say no to my high H D watching while somewhere on the smartphone because it's already like pissing me off that yeah it constantly this thing right for everything and then you actually instead of being the, in the moment with your partner or whatever you're looking at a stupid thing you know like I'm it's all I'm all for I mean we're, you know we're 
hopefully you know inspiring people right now with a podcast and yeah. I'd like to watch a good movie and yeah um, I appreciate you know art you know on the digital I'm not against digitalization sure but not like this like on the go through there <laughs> like I'll do an hour or two on the laptop and then I'm done with it you know like that yeah. was yeah. that was my time and then I'll do something else and then I'll do another hour you know and it's important to be to do this you were kind of pointing mm. back and forth between the two of us like it's important to connect with real people in real life it, there are a lot of people that just of their own volition are looking at the world through good eyes and making good decisions choosing to be good people you know and some of them are on their phone all the time that's fine but <laughs> we're we're negotiating a difficult time on the planet because every time you're looking at your screen and not looking out the window you're being distracted from something really important that's going on and that's that companies are selling you bullshit and because they're selling you bullshit they have to turn you away from what's important and make you think that what's important that that's bullshit but streams and air and soil and forests, those things are super important, really, really important. And I don't know anybody who's really selling me those things, saying like, hey, let's make more of these really good things. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know what to say, you know, and you go to like big cities and, you know, maybe there you could understand why some people don't understand it, you know? Mm -hmm. But then especially there is, man, like, you already have so little trees, and, like, I feel bad. And then you have, like, 30 Wi-Fis, you know? And, of course, you have all the regular stuff going on, you know? And and then 5G every 100 meters. I'm like, dude, I just... You've been I just places. I just hope you get a good sleep, a good good night's rest. Yeah, know, like around that. Where where uh, have you been places where five G is existing right now? Because it's only in um, a few spots, a right? Apparently, but I'm not sure. I think okay. there's definitely been a lot of advertisement. Yeah, but um, I saw some um, this guy Mark Steele on his YouTube um, channel about the test in a, in the UK town yeah up north in the united kingdom yeah where they tested it maybe already two years ago and they were saying that the birds were falling from the sky oh, Pe God. people had random nosebleeds and Eesh. um so yeah i'm, I'm not the way sure. i've heard the, i've never yeah. met anybody yeah. had a device yet but the way that the people that really talk against this and these are some ec experts you know that were part of military and everything mm -hmm. because like I said, it's a technology at the end. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah of course. That is military. There's absolutely no counter evidence to the idea that your data is a commodity that's being traded all the time. It's so close to being a weapon that they can use against you. There's only oh. a couple of regulations that's keeping, you know... <laughs> Keeping that's, really bad shit from happening. Yeah, it's the thing. It's uh, if you do a little bit of research out of the box, you know the 
the Germans were really the first ones to experience that in 19, I don't even know, 20, 12. Oh, you're talking about uh, like the... Like the actual um, technology mm -hmm. that it is, that it's now just called fifth generation mobile. Wow. And people think, oh, it's just, just one more from 4G. And oh, God, and no, it's no, not. it's not. No. And everybody's walking around with a transceiver. And yeah. already Nikola Tesla said that it's possible to transport energy through the ether. Yeah, he and was doing it with those big dynamos. You know, he had yeah. patents. I don't know where they went because some people wanted to sell cables still, you know. Right. And like now, finally, like, oh, look at this wireless charger and stuff. Like, come on, these big antennas. If the Germans already did that over a hundred years ago, I yeah. think they've been sleeping on these technologies. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and I'm not saying about the Germans and this and that, you know, like mm -hmm. all the countries. Right, right. And now they're selling it as a smart. You know what smart stands for? <laughs> smart device. What's that? It's secret armament, secret militarized armament and res residential technology. Come on, really? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is how it's been explained to me. 4G is to 1G. So 1G is the flip phone stuff, like just voice, shitty yeah. voice. Yeah. 2G was text, added your ability to text. 3G added uh, basic pictures, right? Like yeah. pictures. 4G is video, so streaming. Yeah. You can stream on 4G pretty easy. And 5G is... Uh, uh, fuck. <laughs> it, it has to be... The signal has to be so strong that yeah. it even has to go through thick walls and, yeah. and big trees. Yeah. Because they want to do self-driving cars and all oh, that. Oh, of course. That, right, right, all right. All that right. crap. Yes. And for that to function, you basically need every 100 meter a tower. Right. And LED lights, they act as a multiplicator. So that's why they're changing all the street lights and everything is an LED. Yeah. The whole households and stuff. You have 24-7 this crazy grid where they literally can access anywhere. Everywhere. They can send yeah. energy. Yeah. There's, you know, and the Chinese actually, oh, you, I forgot, you're asking me, I've been to a place that was 5G, I'm pretty sure... China, China has, has it. one yeah. of these places. Yeah, yeah. And if not fully public, for sure, the, the military has that, you know. Yeah. But same everywhere already, kind of, you know, they can do that. They just can do it more with the 5G. Well, like how the but 4G lags, right? Like, you know, when there's a lot of people in one place on one tower? Or like, you think about it in your home when you have Wi-Fi, you have 4G Wi-Fi. You can connect about 10 devices before it really starts to lag supposedly 5g you can connect a million it's it means you can connect your tv and your mirror you can see how many times a person looks in the mirror you can see the facial recognition of how they feel when they look in a mirror yeah. like that's the kind exactly. of and information that i don't that need. In, in point it's yeah um you can pinpoint how a person's feeling and the chances exactly. that they'll buy a thing yeah, it's really crazy. I'm not happy about um, it. I'm. I think it's just literally childish. Like all these gadgets. Like come on, with all the problems. 
yeah. just going. I think less is more, and I'm glad to keep up with everybody. Send even little videos, but like you know, enough is enough. And selling that stuff as like green tech is like, come on, uses so much power, nuclear power, which just comes around to us, you know, sooner or later. So we need to like listen to Tesla and Schauberger that literally Schauberger in one of his books says too, this is hurting us even in a bigger level. It's not even just like, like that we use energy from burning, burning and atomic energy. This, this is you know, more than oh, burning this little smoke, it, it'll, it'll come around, it'll come around to us that we are so stupid to ignore these laws of energy and be more aware of the free energy and water and the air and stuff. So we don't need to spend millions and millions of people with the senseless work just at the end to pay this shit, and nothing's gonna change. You know, yeah. we're all feeding this idiocracy because we're all ignoring laws of nature which is let's look at water like I'm just like I I would love to read you that whole book like right now like <laughs> I'm telling you it's yeah do you realize this energy that you know we could tap into and we literally ignore and it has to do with actually 4 degrees Celsius is the most dense water so all every water wants to kind of get close to that. Oh, cool! It'll, yeah. So there is with and then with the, that temperature difference and water hitting the four degree the water, it creates this movement in the water again, and that movement is that energy. That's crazy. I was talking about this today. So I was eating Advil a lot. Like so through my thirties, I drank really frequently, almost every day, and a lot. Like so, like I would need i'd need a pill when i woke up for my headache then i'd have a coffee and then i'd have another pill for like because i'm walking so far with my job like you'd if i felt like really bad i'd just like take a lot and then just it would help me sleep i thought and the way i got off of them i just came home from snowboarding i was snowboarding and when i came home i had a cold bath which probably was very close to four yeah. degrees yeah. The first time I had it, I sat in it and it's cold. Like it's so cold here that I was like, I can't do this. The second time I had it, I lay flat on my back and then I turned on the water and filled it till it was just my back that was in the water. Oh, nice. And I felt like a million dollars. I slept yeah. like a rock. I had the bet. I, and I did that day after day. Like I shouldn't have been able to do. 14 days in a row of palaps like that it just kept snowing i kept having good days i'd have a cold bath i'd feel good and and i realized at the end of the two weeks i haven't been having advil at all and i feel really good nice. like i don't need that stuff i haven't had it since cool. and i'm glad because it's actually really bad it's really bad for your liver yeah, exactly yeah what's your what's your take on um like alcohol and that kind of thing. Do like do you drink casually from time to time? Do you drink frequently? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a social thing, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, sometimes it's fun to drink a little bit too much, and <laughs> yeah, and it's acidic, Agreed. you know. And uh, yeah, um, definitely, you know, 
less is, is more and I wish I would have not done so much at certain times you know and, <laughs> but you know there again it would, you know it's a, it's a difference from like an an organic red wine you know that's you know no sulfites yeah free yeah. free of like you know shit and has a good vibe and yeah that's alcohol but just acidic but it's okay you know I can balance it out yeah to having like you know spirits that are literally probably better to put in your car or something <laughs> you know that, that, and I'm not talking about really like distilled like yeah uh, liquor you know or stuff that that would be yeah that'd be, you know something special but um, in general yeah very acidic coffee yeah. and as well coffee yeah, yeah. so do you, you're a coffee guy in the morning or no um no i don't i don't need it yeah i, me neither. I, I do chaga i like it every now and then like today i was actually kind of excited you know i was like oh i'm tired whatever but i'm just gonna i'm gonna have a coffee you know? yeah so it's like special it does what it's supposed and to it really works you know? yeah it but works i couldn't yeah. do that every day i would turn so sour <laughs> like, and yeah. that's really where you know that's where illness, sickness, injury comes from. It's from being too acidic. Like the pH level being lower than 7.5, you know, which is like the neutral point for human body. Yeah, I don't know that stuff. Yeah, so it's really interesting. So 7.5 uh, pH level. And below is acidic. And if you're acidic, it's the perfect breeding ground for uh, cancer cells and tumors. Oh, God. So... The best thing to avoid that or starve them to death is to be alkaline. And then they have, they don't survive. What stuff promotes uh, being alkaline? Um, chaga is very, very alkaline, very anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Cool. Um, but also lots of food, you know, basically all the good food, like hemp is, is alkaline for sure. And Turmeric but it's more and like stuff acidic, like it's like wheat, right? Yeah. This new hybrid of wheat. So yeah, yeah. Meat is very acidic. Um, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff, you know. And, uh, also, it depends a little bit on your your blood type. Right, you want to know that. But in general, yeah, it's like it sounds co- like coffee. Yeah. Sounds like you're a lot about yes. balance, right? You said it earlier on, like you wanna you wanna be balanced. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then, you know, every now and then having a little alcohol to like shock the system. I think it, it all has. It's not only just bad and. Yeah, and I'm I'm talking bad about coffee, you know. It's right. Um, there again, if you go deep, you learn that uh, in their industrial harvested coffees is very acidic because uh, the way they harvest, you, they harvest a lot of unripe coffee beans, and those are the ones that are too acidic because everything unripe is not healthy. So it's not even just like you know, nothing personal, you know. Where then you have to. The hand-picked coffee, though, you know, then that's a delicacy and probably not even that acidic. Yeah, it's especially not I think if you, right? you do the espresso and a little bit of sugar, I think you. Yeah, people love coffee. You know, totally. I mean, caffeine is crazy. Caffeine at the end, it's just a, a toxin uh, that, when we take it in, our system goes alarm red. And oh, really? Yeah, everything is on full power. Oh, that's right, literally all it right. does, and that's why it's so draining. Because yeah, that's all it does. It's not some magical like thing, 
but there is different caffeine in uh, for example guarana which yeah. is that's kind of like my energy sponsor is southern rush guarana oh sweet um it's very alkaline and it's very it's the most gentle caffeine for your nervous system because like we said it's poisonous system then it's alert yeah poisonous system everything on high level which that is just the stress for our nervous system and that's why coffee kind of you know we- wears you down i've been drinking uh matcha like green tea yeah. powder yeah there's a guy dr andrew weil who's like a big gray beard kind of balding guy he was on oprah a bunch like 10 years ago but before that he was at harvard med with like terence mckenna and those guys during the like psychedelic days doing tons of psychedelics he cured his own cat allergies and this is crazy <laughs> but it's i've i've read it and i've heard him talk about it he had a cat allergy he cured it with a humongous dose of lsd when he was super high he a cat jumped in his lap and he recognized what was going on in his body and he just rewired his brain no longer allergic to cats <laughs> he also did something very similar which sounds unbelievable but he was p- pale white skin would burn easily in the sun on a mega acid trip he let the sun's rays hit his body it was something that he would it would normally he would never do without like tons of sunscreen changed again something in his brain and now he gets a deep bronze no burn <laughs> so there's a lot of psychosomatic stuff that we can do um if we do if we you know what i mean like we don't even know about these things yeah. and uh i i love this conversation with you because it's like it's not very <laughs> often you get to talk with a like-minded person that's like looked into stuff that might be considered you know unconventional or might be considered even unscientific you were talking about past lives and stuff like there's a lot of information out there about it like when people have near-death experiences a lot of times they'll experience their life without time right so they'll see themselves when they're older you know and and then they'll come back from that and the the scenes that they see 40 years later will come true you know it's hard to scientifically document that stuff but more and more it's it's happening because people are you know we just have so much information sharing now so you can when somebody has a near-death experience you can record that and then follow them through their lives and verify if some of the thing you know that they that they experienced yeah point to something like that's Explain to me how that works. How could you see the future if there isn't some sort of time, universal time, like where you can actually experience the world without time? I mean, I've done it on drugs, is what I'm trying to say. So I believe in it. I've I've experienced it, and it's interesting to interesting to think about, like what other weird things has society turned its back on. Because it, it there's nobody could figure out a way to make money from it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what ended up happening with hemp, especially, was that there's no way that you would 
make something that's a food, that's a good source of oil, that's a good source of material for making fabrics and ropes and strong yeah. material. Even plastic and, and plastic. car bodies. And a, psych- a, a, a mild psychedelic, so like also a, a drug for people to feel good. Yeah, a painkiller and pain killer, a, a sleeping A sleeping aid. aid. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, why would that be illegal if it wasn't for... Some, there had to be some yeah, sort of so, financial yeah. gain on the Somebody other side. Somebody to profit, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, um, that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't even talked about snowboarding. Really. <laughs> but, yeah, it's true. I mean, one more thing yes, I just thought please. about. I think it's Rudolf Steiner who said that we will come to a point that our brain can no longer process the things, you know, that with our technology. And I think it's already, you know, we're at the point um, with the smartphones and the internet faster 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 it's just it's not good <laughs> it takes something away but anyway um yeah should we talk about snowboarding for a little bit <laughs> all right yeah or so let's just it, go snowboarding yeah, that's, <laughs> almost, that's actually one of the things about the show yeah i never even thought about it until you said it talking about snowboarding is not snowboarding you know but it is really fun for me like i'll, I'll give you this moment we can maybe start from here I'm with the boardroom uh, staff, and we went on a a trip to Squim, Washington, to see the Mervin factory. And when I worked for the boardroom, I never went. I didn't ever get to go to see this place. So I I don't think I had the podcast yet. I was going after Mer- Mike for to be on the first season, and I had my recorder, and I almost got an interview with him right there, but I didn't. So while we're doing a factory tour um the guy who's giving us the tour goes oh shit you're not supposed to see this and it was your very first board with them it hadn't been announced yet they had just started to make the graphic and my buddy Artie, who i talk about on the show all the time who works there he nearly shit himself because it was like holy crap nicholas (laughs) is gonna be on gnu that's insane how wonderful of a switch was that for you was it just like you just yes. loved it or yeah it was uh, really perfect yeah. and especially now you know yeah yeah i mean talking about it now it's uh yeah what was the timing like what was the, what were the circumstances of, uh, around you? you did you leave burton to go to gnu yeah i just kind of finally like wanted to um finish fruition i guess but it was the time you know was i don't know what it is at the end you know like you know everybody's lives it's just you don't know sometimes and talking to my dad about you know what it is whether like you know something's going good in your life let's say your career or not it's almost like it's in the star stars you know it's like a constellation but it's definitely changing the air and it, it all it all happened, you know. I, I got an offer from Burton at the end, but uh, I chose to, um, you know, move on and have a new experience. And Yeah. 
It was a good one. And here I am talking. <laughs> weirdo. Weirdo with a chop. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, have, had you ever been on a GNU board before or a Mervin board? Not really, I think, yeah. 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 And did you notice a difference? Um, like, yeah, for sure. Because you like, started riding Magna Traction, right? Like, uh, I, I tried all kinds of boards, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then for sure... It's hard to really compare, you know, unless you have the same model, you know, and stuff. Right, right, right. But, uh, I mean, for sure, what they both share is they're both amazing <laughs> snowboard manufacturers. And yeah. It's a little bit of a different vibe, you know, and then, um, now just, you know, getting really to work on the models, how I, you know, dream about them. It's, yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's a huge dream come true, and I'm, I'm really happy about like the, the board under my feet. Yeah, the boards look great, so, man. I rode libs for years and years, libs and canoes, because I was always a shop guy who would have to grovel and get a free board. You know, <laughs> Harry Guns from Rad Air, please give me a board, and then I would get a Rad Air. Uh-huh. And my friends would be like, eh. "Actually, I want to ask you that." As a sw- as a typical Swiss dude, <laughs> when you were growing up, were you ever like, I'm wondering about that name, Rad Air? Like, you could tell it's maybe not the coolest name. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, Rad Air. Yeah. But it was. Oh, it was. Kind of cool, you know. At least I, I don't know because about, it was Swiss, right? Uh, oh, right, right. Too many people around my age or younger, but right. I mean, right. You know, at the end, it was like Reto. You know, you have so much respect for yes you know, for a guy like him. And, but if they and, change and the name da, to like Donny Salpa, which was oh yeah, Spanish, you know, oh yeah, you know, like huge inspiration. At totally, he was, you know, one of the first. Um, trips I went on you know I got to go on with, with Donnie oh that's sick yeah and he was on Rad Air so yeah okay because like, over here Rad Air was kind of it's just like it's a little bit weird and then I guess weird. it kind of you know it went away I guess he's still uh, like, Harry's still doing it yeah. with the with the tanker he does like that big big board classic or longboard classic because yeah. he really in the mid 90s he really started riding like 200s you know like really big boards and just that was their niche that was their thing yeah. so they still do it which is fun and it's a bit surfing those guys are more surfing you know yeah. like board on the snow big turns going fast i love them i love them they're great people and i the whole time that i was riding for rad air i was really i was all about it but over here, it's a bit of a kooky name, like Crazy Banana. Yeah. You know, like Crazy Banana had a good run over here, too. But, like, if you were on Burton and your friend's on Crazy Banana, you were kind of like, <laughs> your board is called a Crazy Banana, dude? Yeah. What the hell is that even? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But I actually started on a Crazy Banana, too. <laughs> Yes. What one? Like a but Chili Willy like, or something? I don't know. It's just a, a rental. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah, because yeah, in Switzerland, all the rentals would have been like crazy banana, yeah. right? Like Harry would have gotten them in everywhere. Yeah. 
that's cool. Yeah, they were there. I mean, the little banana with the sunglasses <laughs> on, man. <laughs> it was a cool time for snowboarding, actually. There were a lot of personalities in snowboarding. This, you know what? I'm going to give you that 100%. You're one of those guys now that has a definite personality. You know, you're not like a Olympic. And sorry to anyone who's in the Olympics that has personality. Yeah. There's a yeah. bunch of people that do. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, you're you're one of those guys now. You're the Palmer of now, you know what I mean? Like somebody who's speaking their mind and and not afraid to uh, to ride the way you ride, which is dope. Who came up with the diagonal thing? Is that you? Like looking at your lines across on a diagonal as opposed to straight down fall line. Not really. I guess it was kind of like from, you know, a lot of quotes. Like Craig Kelly with the, the ball, you know, how the ball rolls down. Yeah. Looking at the things sideways, yeah, probably. Terry said it, and then I said it too. <laughs> no, no, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's just l with less impact, you know. Absolutely, uh, and yeah, you get more out of it too. Yeah, like you physically, it's a longer line. Yeah, and you don't you don't have to do that straight bomb at the end. Because you're just yeah, you, you've been going yeah. faster, faster, faster. Yeah. Well, if you like really look at it, and it's kind of like water naturally flows down, and if you observe this, maybe down your your shower glass, you know, it always meanders. That's true. And a natural creek is like that too, and that's why when it rains a lot, a natural creek will never overflow, so you don't have to worry about high water. Destroy, destroying the, the things. It's only when you channel it, then the whole thing becomes so fast, and then the next turn it'll hit. Will, the force will break at some point, the walls. So you're constantly fixing that. That's why you have to like meander it. Yeah. And then that is that energy that holds it from overflowing when there's more or less. It just kind of balances it. That's why a, a creek is always kind of flowing uh, yeah and not you know yeah and so that's like that straight line eventually you will have to break and yeah you'll become so fast there'll be so much compression that you'll you'll need it break yeah and going yeah. more sideways you'll be like you'll do it forever <laughs> there was a there was a line maybe in january february of last year that you it's one of my favorite lines i've ever seen in my life you got it. You must hit four or five major features in it. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It was an Instagram yeah, post that was uh, just stay tuned. Maybe. Yeah, it was perfect. It was a perfect line. Yeah, on a line like that, are you counting things on your fingers? How are you? How are you lining up all these features in a row and not losing your space on the mountain? Because for any listeners who've ever tried to even link two things together on the mountain from looking at it on the way up, it looks completely different on the way back down. You know, a lot of times things are, you don't get to see them until you're right on top of them. Yeah. Um, all of the best is just like hike around it, hike up, like look at it from all different um, points, you know, and perspectives and kind of model you know your 
your model in your head, your 3D model, and, and then drop in and trust, you know. But the better you can visionize that, you know. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Fun, like, of course. Like, when it works out, you're like, oh, shit. It kind of actually was, like, I was hoping, you know. Yeah. I mean, so many times it doesn't work out, but <laughs> it's such a fun thing, you know. It's cool but to it, see it, your it face takes, light up. It takes time, you know. Yeah. And sometimes, often it doesn't, you know. You you hike your ass off and it's just, it doesn't work, you know. Yeah. But I think I know the post you were talking about. It's a line that in Stay Tuned from Absent Films, it was in the Oletza and Godin. Yeah. Where right along, literally, um, grew up. He's oh, from so Pontresina, which is the town down from from the Oletza. And also Mickey Albin, Donnie Sapa, you know, they oh, wow. were riding there. And, um, yeah, that one worked out really well. The light, the snow, the cameraman, and your riding, it's like perfection. Yeah, sometimes it, it really, when it comes together, it's just, it's really cool, like, for snowboarding, you know, like, like wow, snowboarding is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best of it. I think yeah. that's where... That's where we all it's, wish we could yeah. ride. I mean, of course, it's cool. Then you're like, oh, I got a cool shot for the, the video or whatever. But like, it's like, wow, it's so cool that, for snowboarding, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that snowboarding can do something like that. Yeah, it's like, do you sleep like, really well for a few months after that, or, or are you right back at it and trying to find another place where you gotta? you're only as good as the line you did yesterday or whatever yeah for sure you know it was a great day and then the next day is another day you know? <laughs> and then like, you're like you think you're gonna do it again and then you don't and the next day you don't and after the day after and you don't <laughs> like i think we've all had like, that but then yeah. you're like hey don't compare it to that that was pretty cool today too right like who cares yeah like, yeah i've had so, i've had a few days on the chairlift where i've had to like literally talk myself down from I because now the way it is with resorts being so busy when they open I'm like three runs ahead sometimes when I'm on the chairlift I'm like okay I'm gonna go here and that'll get me to that chairlift it'll get me here then I'll do that run and then I'll get me here and I'm like hey man <laughs> fucking slow down and uh -huh. it, it like experience the runs that you're doing now because what's the fucking point otherwise i've i had to do that f like a few times last year where i'm like whoa i just i just did two runs that i didn't even i didn't even experience i wasn't there i don't know who did those runs the board did them without me on them you know yeah. i can't remember what i did you ever do you ever have that when you're when you're out riding or you seem pretty present Pretty much. Yeah. No, but I, I know what you mean, for sure. For sure. Um, it's, you know, it's life. You're constantly <laughs> trying to remind yourself. <laughs> note to self. <laughs> Did you have a really amazing premiere for Fruition, like where your parents got to see it and your whole... Where was it? it was yeah, it was really cool. It was in Folk's House in Zurich, which is... Uh, awesome. 
in uh, folks, means uh, people. Yeah. People house uh, where they have like a stage and it's actually kind of older building. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And like you sit there and watch it with everybody. Were you nervous at all? That For sure, I was really nervous. And uh, the time leading up to it was like, you know, kind of stressful just finishing everything. Of course. I mean, it's, it was like good spirited, but just like a lot, you know, late nights. And yeah. And of course, the night before, we all hang out in my in my apartment in Zurich. Uh, um, way too late and you're like oh and then you did the day you're like scrambling and you're like oh my god i'm so nervous like what am i gonna say you know yeah (laughs) and it worked out it was awesome yeah it it always does and whatever it is what it is yeah your parents are are really proud yeah your parents still together no they separated when i was three oh wow that's early yeah. yeah yeah And so, did you go back and forth between the two houses, or was it a, like a custody thing? Yeah, it was kind of like a half an hour apart, and yeah. my dad would live in the city in Zurich, and I would grow up with my mom, basically, mm-hmm. but seeing my dad on the weekends. Yeah, 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 one of those. And he took me like to like the resorts and stuff in the beginning. He was the guy that introduced you to, like, was it snowboarding like at the time, or skiing? First and then yeah. snowboarding. And yeah. Then he he still skis and I snowboard. So. so you guys still ride together though when you're uh, in Switzerland sometimes. Should. I try I try to like have him come out at least once in the winter. You know? What about smoking weed? Like, do you smoke weed with your dad? Would you ever? I did before. For sure. I've like, never. Yeah. I have never done it. Uh, but yeah. I've, but no, my but dad I smoked my whole life, and I just never did it. Okay, yeah. It's one of those weird things. Well, I know that he definitely had a face also when. Um, when my parents separated and before that I think yeah and maybe even after I'm not sure where he would you know smoke a lot yeah but then he stopped because uh, yeah he wanted to really see how it is be professional or whatever put time into a career yeah or? no I think he I mean he was an architect and he was oh older. damn he's, but he's doing like his own you know, his, his own thing. Yeah. Um, he's a really amazing architect. It's just, he used to work for a company and then started start his own company, basically. That's amazing. But I think he's just been smoking for like 10 years straight <laughs> and he wanted to know how it is maybe for not to smoke 10 years straight. <laughs> and then yeah. he never like picked it up again. And yeah. He also was like, but I remember when he realized that I would secretly smoke as a teenager, you know, and like you can't hide it, especially for somebody who knew it. Like. <laughs> who knows, yeah. And and so he would like, so hey, you're coming to the week, uh, the Zurich on the weekend. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, I'll be there. Friday, like, cool. And then he's like, so do you want to bring some? And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And it's like, weed. Uh... I'm like what? I'm like shit. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, kind of like, come on, like I knew. And why don't we like smoke one together? Anyway, I'm just curious to see what the stuff you smoke like is, right? Because he hasn't for ten years, right? And that was before like all the indoor and like high THC and stuff. Sure. And uh, yeah, sure enough, I rolled one as his apartment. We walked down to the river and and lit up, and it completely like 
blew his brains out and like like almost couldn't function i'm like and i'm just like so used to it, you know teenager or whatever yeah I'm like why are you so weird so strong like, it's like it was funny that's uh, amazing me, like he's just used to like smoking like leaves and stuff you know? totally and maybe like yeah. just out just literally wheat you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh that's amazing dude yeah, I think now that weed's legal in Canada, I'll probably smoke some weed with my dad. I don't know if it'd be weird or probably not. He was always high anyways, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but then we didn't really talk and we've never talked about it, you know, it's one of those strange things. It's, it's tough to do. Like you were saying, like you were like kind of freaked out, like, holy shit. But then you, <laughs> you can handle it and he can't. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing dude yeah it's funny let's talk a little bit more snowboarding I know you're tired probably good time to wrap it up and uh, yeah, sure. I gotta drive back to the city and All we right. gotta we gotta talk more dude I'd like to yeah. have you on the shore whenever you're in Canada if you're yeah. in Vancouver we gotta hang out go snowboarding that that was really an unbelievable time for me last year because the show has been my pet project. It's my, you know what I do on the side. It's fun. But when I was riding with you and Terrier at Banff, like so many people reached out and they were like, why didn't you tell me? Like I would have driven the whole way there. We could have, like people were freaking out <laughs> that I got to, to do it. What was it like? What was it like? I'm like, it's like riding with... Your bros, they're fucking hilarious and fun and always making jokes and looking for side hits for each other and riding fast from here to here and then somebody's filming somebody and then it's <laughs> the same as... It's snowboarding. Yeah. It was fun. So thanks for cool. for yeah. doing that last year. That was... <laughs> Anytime. It, there was a point where fans came up and they were like, are you guys famous snowboarders? And... The girl put her arm around you, took a picture, and you were like, you really want to get a picture with him, and you pointed to Terrier. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah. this guy knows what's up, man. <laughs> Listen was, to this guy. He was just there <laughs> hiding behind his goggle and stuff. And like, I was like, oh, if they only knew <laughs> if who they that only guy is. Like, oh. So <laughs> you were on your way to the Bobby Burns, which is a CMH property, which was fucking awesome you guys yeah. had a great time right yeah it was all time so uh, how did that happen i think it was like an organization that you were the special guest right yeah what was a that? swiss a big swiss travel uh house company that has like a, a winter portfolio i guess like a little catalog very cool they asked me if i wanted to do like a, a ride with you know like a signature week and yeah and then they suggested Bobby Birds in December, you know, it's like kind of off-season. We were kind of the, the second group they had, and, which is not very certain of the snow qual the snow quality. But right. It was, it turned on like the day we got there and it didn't stop. And <laughs> that was pretty cool. So you got four or five days of like full-on heli. Yeah. Would you guys go in like the big machine or were you on like a A-star? Uh, no, the big one, yeah. Like 12, like 12 people 12 people, people yeah. and just like non-stop runs all day yeah like three runs in the blizzard I was really like oh. I was surprised like just found a, a way to land navigate <laughs> <laughs> yeah those guys are nuts yeah it's crazy 
There's a certain type of person that can uh, be a heli pilot. I know. I'm just like the big heli, like you're, some, you're sitting like sideways. There's two seats and just looking out of the window, it's completely wide out. And <laughs> snow flying sideways. And I see every now and then, I see a tree in the mist and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then they but, land so precisely right yeah. at that pin. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are That's awesome. Cool. That's wild. That's definitely, I can recommend that once to do. Yeah, I went to CMH Monashies a few few months later, or a few weeks later, when my friend worked there. So I went as a guest. Nice. And got I mean, it's, lots uh, of good stuff. Not the cheapest, but maybe like once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime, yeah. At least for sure. Yeah, yeah. If any listeners of the show want to pay to go riding with me and Nico... We would <laughs> gladly go. <laughs> it's that's the that's the opportunities you get, right? Like, is every every year there's going to be a couple of trips that you get to go somewhere that's like, okay, yeah. this is great. Yeah. And now maybe just before we end, <laughs> talk about meeting your girlfriend. How did that change your life? So blessed. And you guys just Matt and you've been yeah. inseparable ever since, kind of thing. Totally, yeah, almost like. Congrats, man. Yeah, thank you. No, I mean, um, it's so nice that I finally found someone that can, like, just travel with me, you know. Yeah, I met her tonight. She's super fucking cool. Make up with my shit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the the only thing that we didn't really get to is the medicinal mushrooms. So we kind of started talking about it, but we never really got to it. Like, how do people support you and buy medicinal mushrooms that'll help them live a better life oh yeah it's um literally also a superfood yep and medicine in addition so it has medicinal properties and mm-hmm. they vary you know and it's uh mushroom is uh is actually the the biggest variety of food there is for humans it's the the kingdom of fungi is so huge and Humans are actually forty percent on a DL level, um, sim like the same as mushrooms. So we share o- over forty percent of our DNA. Of DNA with uh, fungi. Amazing. And therefore, we're very vulnerable. It can be your worst enemy. Sure. Like a stomach candida and stuff like that. And then on the other side, on the good side, it can be your best friend. And that's a small group, a uh, uh, group of mushrooms from Chaga, Lion's Mane, um, Tremella, Reishi, Shiitake, Cordyceps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you've yeah. created a bunch of products that incorporate these. We just had the tea, which was fucking delicious, like a treat. A, lion's made. You add all your stuff. You know, it's like yeah. there's, there's not not doing any wrong. You know, it's yeah. Like, it's like uh, it took some time for me as well in the beginning. It's like oh, and then you have it and you read about it and like oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then it's just stands there on your shelf forever and it's like, <laughs> dude, you gotta like do it. And um, I'm really almost like you see that sack over there. We we just we travel with all these powders and stuff <laughs> yeah it's and almost you, like you know not every day everything but like oh today i feel like a lion's mane except for the jaga almost i i drink every day in the yeah 
It's delicious. Yeah. And so where do people get these things? What's what's the best way um, for people to get their hands on well, them? Move to Switzerland yeah. or <laughs> um also uh you can order it online and um Good. it's not a secret um the the mushroom powder we source is actually from British Columbia. Rad. A company that uh, grows them here and it's uh pure. It's uh 100% like what it is because there's a lot of uh companies now popping up. They're selling all kinds of expensive mushroom product and often it's like the carrier of where the mushroom grows shredded in with it and a lot of them use soybeans so you actually pay for something a lot of money yeah 40 bucks for a little char and half of it is soy you know so um we offer like pure pure amazing mamaloha.ch and anyway, just the best is to just go to the organic store and ask about local local brands and support those. Wow! In your communities. Look yeah. at this guy. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get it in Canada yet, or is it just in, just? Uh, yeah, no, we we ship all over the world. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Do you have like a distributor a, here? Maybe I should start. Yeah. Oh, you should, do. Yeah. No, yeah. we don't. Oh no! Don't, yeah, don't. well, I should. Yeah. yeah. I used to distribute skimboards for a bit there. It's a fun business. And we got lots nice. of health food stores, especially in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, we should start getting them in. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, we're also doing a, a, a shampoo bar. Yeah, and a body soap bar. We have a coconut charcoal for the teeth. Have the other surface. Oh, that's sink. awesome! Like, um, basically, just doing whatever we want. That's absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mostly you. It's you and a partner. Yeah, it's uh, me and my body, Tom. Red. Which he does most of it uh, <laughs> yeah. while I'm on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So thanks, Tom. Mama Aloha. <laughs> Mama Aloha, you guys. Go to mamaloha.ch yeah. and buy some stuff. Or, like you said, go to your local health food store. Make sure the shit you're getting yeah. is, is good quality. Yeah. Because that's really the most important part, right? Like, And a lot of these companies are legit. They They're just trying... To yeah. make good stuff. For sure. You just want to yeah. make sure you get it from reputable brands that are doing the right thing. Yeah, and the the, the organic stores that will know, you know. Yeah, for sure. Nico, man, you're cool. my favorite. This is uh-huh. great. Thanks Thank for doing so this. Much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we'll Thanks see you at the uh, movie yeah. premiere tomorrow night, and uh, yeah. hopefully we get to ride at some point. <laughs> for sure. We will. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Cool. Thank Good you. night, you guys. Effenrat shoutouts this week to Nicholas Mueller and his girlfriend Olivia. Thanks for meeting up to record. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Special thanks to Cypress Mountain, Grouse Mountain, and Mount Seymour. Love you guys. Extra special thanks to Corey Octoon, a serious gem of a human being who's helped put me in the same room as some great guests on my Tahoe trip. Also, thanks to Al King for the constant guest wrangling efforts. Hope you guys are getting some snow. Corey, I hope you're healed up after you rang your bell up at Tahoe riding with us. Um, Yeah, and I hope all you listeners are having a great season so far. Be sure to come back next week for another episode of the Effenrad Snowboard Podcast presented by Vans and brought to you by SIA Productions. Happy New Year.